protection and the blessing of society anywhere the basic of it or the basis of it should be the nucleus family that's how god has done it so he began with adam and eve gave them everything and he continued so for the cohesion of society for the blessing of society god planned it in such a way that it will begin with a nucleus family like today we have seen donald and uh, bibiana have moved the bible says the man shall leave his father and mother and shall cleave to his wife and the two shall become one flesh so they are beginning a nucleus family and when you come into africa we even extend it into our extended family and i tell christians in africa that we are blessed to have the extended family system which is very good when you go to the western world and by god's grace i've traveled some places and you see the way their, their lifestyle and the society is it's very awkward that is why they can have those things going on and there is nothing they can do about it because once you are born into the world you are on your own some of them have no link to even their biological parents and they are so proud of it they can change where they come from like that and and so on and so forth so but we are blessed to have the extended family system with all its problems i still believe that it's better than just only the nucleus family because so many things we come together to do it and that is the way god has ordained it so you have started a good course and you will work on it and it shall be beautiful can i hear someone say amen so the basic unit of every society begins with the family but i've noticed that it is very easy for people to understand the physical family and to accept the physical family but when it comes to spiritual family many people don't understand it many people don't understand it many people don't understand that just as there is a physical family there must also be a spiritual family that's the way god is why because god is spirit god is not physical he's spirit so he ordained it in such a way that the physical family so when you read the bible uh, uh, in first corinthians chapter 15 as there's a statement there i just want to pull it says there is a natural body and there is a spiritual body so there is a natural body and there's a physical body so if the natural body needs a physical companion the spiritual body also needs a spiritual companion a spiritual home and then he continues in the verse 46 and he says how be it that was not first which was spiritual but that which is natural and afterward which is spiritual in other words when you are born physical physically you belong to a physical family that should be first but afterward after that there must be also be a corresponding spiritual family so the church is intended to be that family that spiritual family of every human being that is the way god has done it but like i said most people will accept the natural family but they cannot the church actually is a mystery it's a mystery because god is the father and the family he has is the church which is on earth god is spirit he's relating to the physical bodies of people and then he must make us into his own family so the bible says the church is a mystery every human being therefore 
must belong to the two families. You must find a way of belonging to it. But it is not automatic. Just as I have a family I came from, and you cannot belong to that family if you are not born into that family. In the same way, it is not automatic that because you are a human being, you belong to the spiritual family. No, you must be, you must be made part of it. And you must be made part of it. And that is one of the basic things God has taught us. I want to read Ephesians chapter 2, the verse 11 to 22. Shall we stand for the reading of the, our opening scripture? We are giving reverence to the word. And today I want to read from the New King James Version. So that certain things will be made clear. New King James Version. All right. Therefore, remember that you, once Gentiles in the flesh, who are called on circumcision by what is called the circumcision made in the flesh by hand, that at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenant of promise, having no hope and without God in the world, but now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation, having abolished in his flesh the enmity that is the law of commandments contained in ordinances so as to create in himself one new man from the two, thus making peace, and that he might reconcile them both to God in one body through the cross, thereby putting to death the enmity. And he came and preached peace to you who were afar off and to those who were near. For through him we both have access by one spirit, to the father now therefore you are no longer strangers and foreigners but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of god another version says of the family of god household of god let me pick 19 again now therefore you are no longer strangers and foreigners but fellow citizens with the saints and the members of the house and, and members of the household of God, having been built on the foundation of the apostles, are not known in heaven. You are only seen in church with register. Amen. That's why Jesus said that some people will come and say, Well, we say, I never knew you. And the Bible said, When we go to heaven, the names will be read. read. Now there's, there's, a, there's a register in heaven with names. The Bible says, Names are written in the Lamb's book of life. It is stated in Revelation. The Lamb's book of life. Who is the Lamb? Jesus Christ who was slain. He is the Lamb. And he has a book. And every name is on it. So I want, to, I want to just encourage you. Don't just go to church. Don't just be a church member. But find out how my name can be in the register in heaven. Can I hear somebody say amen? Just find out. How can my name be there? Me, I used to go to church too. I went to church and I didn't know until the day I met Jesus. 
Then I saw the difference between being a Christian and being a churchian. You can be churchian, that's my word. You are known in church, but you are not a Christian. You are not in the family of Christ. So it's good for everybody to know that the foundation is Christ. And by faith alone in him, in the finished works of Christ, accepting him as my personal Lord and Savior. That is why in the verse 13 of the scriptures we read, he says, but now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. We have been brought near by the blood of Christ. May the blood of Jesus sanctify and cleanse us so that we can be born again to be children of God. Can I hear somebody shout amen? So I know you have been in this church for long, but I want to encourage you. The foundation is Christ. Don't make any other thing your foundation. It's not your freeness with me that will guarantee you to heaven. You know, some people go to church and they make the head pastor their friend. And then wherever they go, say, oh, Pastor Clement, he's my friend. On the day of heaven, on the day we are going to heaven, when we stand at the gates, <laughs> they won't determine that. You brought me a confirm my way. But you confirm or no confirm. Each for himself and God for us all. Can I hear somebody say amen to that? So one, one of the things we want to do is I want to ensure that our foundation is right. So every one of us. We are no more strangers and aliens or enemies of God or Gentiles with our God. But we, are now, we now have peace with God in Christ Jesus. That's what the verse 14 and 15 says. For he himself is our peace who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation. What separation? The separation of sin between us and God has been broken by Jesus. Every man is born a sinner. Everybody is born a sinner. David prayed and said, Lord, in sin did my mother conceive me. And iniquities I was born. So I find myself, Paul said something. He said, without Christ, any good you want to do, you cannot do it. You know, there are people in the world who are, who are morally okay, moral uprightness. They were brought up well in house. So they don't steal. They don't tell lies. They don't fornicate. They don't drink. And sometimes when you are like that, it's difficult. I have one of my cousins like that. The guy is so gentle, I don't think he can even kill a fly. And it's difficult for him to understand when I'm saying that won't take you to heaven. Because the seed of sin is in any human being that was born. Who teaches a child, a small child to bite? Who teaches them to bite? It is in them. A small child you have bought something and given to. Chocolate. You go back. Who teaches him to tell you that no, I won't give you? It's in them. Amen. <laughs> and, and so... Every human being has the sinful nature. And we are all there. That is why there is a separation between us and God. And it is only by acknowledging Jesus' sacrifice on the cross. His blood was worth enough to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Oh, I thought I would hear a good amen. And by that, the middle wall of separation has been broken. So that you and me. We are no more enemies of God. Gentiles or whatever description they give to us. We are now 
the children of God belonging to the same family. That is why Romans chapter 5, the best one, I like it. It said, therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Being justified by faith. This thing is faith. It's not what you can do. It's faith. It's faith. It's faith. I remember when I gave my life to Christ. I used to be a, I used to be a, 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 a disciplinarian on campus. Uh, oh, sorry, secondary school. Hey, if you joke, we'll punish you proper. So I punish people. But one day, a gentleman met me. They said, I'm a preacher. I said, what? Clement is a preacher. I can't believe it. That guy doesn't forgive people their sins. I can't believe it. He's a preacher until I see him. Then one day, he was in a place and I was preaching. He came and said, what? If you have changed, me too, I can change. I said, you see them be marking me. I changed long ago. I'm gone. <laughs> but you see, there are people who cannot even believe that the sins you committed, which they know, you can be forgiven. But by faith in Christ, you are forgiven, you are cleansed, you are washed, you are righteous. I'm telling you, people will be shocked. Because they know this person to be a murderer. Paul was a murderer. But he came out and said, I am the least of all the apostles. Because I don't deserve it, but Christ saved me. May what Christ has done for you, may it be your position. Am I talking to somebody? So that is the foundation. The foundation is not in what you can do. The foundation is in what God has done for you. God has rescued us. We have now become members of God's household, members of God's family. So the verse 19 says, Now therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the family of God. Another translation says, members of the family of God. Tell somebody, are you a member of the family of God? Amen. So we want to remind ourselves that we are members of the God's family. And that's where God has brought us. John chapter 1, verse 11 to 13 says, He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them he gave the power to become the sons of God. Even to them that believed on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but were born of God. Now, the reason why I'm talking about this family thing is that, listen, listen to me for a while. This year, our team is the Jubilee. To announce this is God's year to act. But I, when you go into Leviticus chapter 25 and read about the Jubilee, you will realize that the Jubilee was to God's family. It wasn't for everybody. This year in the Jubilee, as we belong and understand our family, may God act on your behalf. May God do something special on your behalf. May you express something. And, and I want you to know, if you position yourself well as the, into the family, God will surely bless you. Because he acted for his family. He didn't act for everyone. He acted for his family. Peter talks about how we are born again, not with corruptible seed, but of incorruptible. So, the foundation is this. Christ is the foundation. And by our faith in him, by our confession of faith in him, by our acceptance of the fact 
that he's the only person who died to, be, to save us from our sin. We are born again. And we are born of God. And we are born into the family of God. Can I hear somebody say amen? You just have to understand this. You cannot just be a church member without being a believer in Christ. Amen. So the church is the family of believers. People who believe in Jesus. People who accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord. They come together. May you, be, may you be a believer in Christ. I just pray that you just don't join this church because you love the church. Because you love the building. Because you love the pastor. Because a friend brought you. Or your brother is here. Or because they did something for you. They paid your son's school fees. So you are here. They, they, when you were in hospital, they came and paid your hospital bills. So you are here. No, no, no. That is not the reason why you should join a church. Because anybody could have paid your child's school fees outside there. The foundation of our faith is Christ. Do you believe in Christ? Do you believe that he died and saved you from your sins? That is it. I want to now look at the established, being established in the family of God. When you are part of the family, you must be established in the family of God. And this same scripture talks about it. The scripture we read talks about it. When you read the verse 19, he said, Now therefore you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household. So there are other people in the family where you are joining. Having been built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. Having been built, it's like a building. When you are born again, you are built, you are established in a family. And I'm going to say some very serious things about church. A lot of us are in church, but we are not established in the church. We just come and go. It's unfortunate. You must be established. To be established in the church means you are planted in the church by God himself. And you yourself, you have accepted the planting and you, are, you have responsibilities and you have what? benefits if you are not planted you cannot have ben benefits you cannot have responsibilities when you notice you are in the church you don't have responsibilities in the church you are not planted let me give you an example I have children in my house each one of them know what they should do when they get up when a stranger comes to stay in the house, he's not obliged to. He doesn't know. He slept with us. He's in the house. He ate the food. He may be with us for one week. If that person's conscience is alive, he may decide to be working alone when he sees the children doing something. But he doesn't have a responsibility there. He's not planted. He's not established. When we come into church, we must be established. Now, this is one of the basic problems we have in church. Today we have, now, people ask questions. Can you have a big church and everybody will be known? Yes, if they are planted, if they are established. 
Yes. If they are planted and if they are established. If they are planted and if they are established. Yes. For example, I want to see you after church. All right. I want to see you and your wife after church. You know why I know him? I know him because he's in church. He has come to me. We've talked. I know he's a member of the church. So he's established. I know him. He knows me. Those of you who go to church and you don't know anybody, you are not established. Your point, you are not for a bag. Look at the danger of it. The danger of it is that when something happens to you, nobody knows. It's unfortunate. Plant yourself. It isn't the pastor who has to come and plant you. You have come. Make yourself established in the house. Amen. When you are going out, your wife must know. When you are coming late, she must know. Don't say, but you know I will come. These days, we don't do like that. Because if something is happening outside, he must know. Look, let me tell you what happened to me on Tuesday. Monday, I was sitting with Pasesu. A gentleman was calling me by number. I don't normally take numbers I don't know. And that's an announcement I'm giving to some of you. I don't. If you know I don't have your number, text me. Because the calls are too many. Some of the people, when they call to you, they just disturb you. Meanwhile, you have many things to do. So once a while, when I'm free, I take. And this one, I was free. I could have taken it. But I was sitting with Pasesu. So I quickly sent him a message. Can I call you back? Then he sent me an answer. Yes, yes, yes. Three times. Separate answers. Yes. Pa, yes. Pa, yes. Pa. Not that he wrote yes, yes, three. No, no, no. He sent them one by one. Then we finished the meeting. We were driving home. Then he sent me a text. No, he called first. I saw the call. I couldn't pick it because I was driving my wife. We were going in the night. So I didn't pick it. When we got home, I forgot. I woke up the following morning and I saw that he had text again. The same number. He had text. I am Eastwood. I'm coming to your house. That means that Tuesday night, which I didn't take, he was Eastwood. And he was coming to my house. Meanwhile, I'm coming from Pastor Eastwood's house. When you are on the road. Yeah. <laughs> so I kept it. I didn't do anything. I went for this program heads of churches meeting were there that evening when it was about seven something he started calling again when he called I picked it hello 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 he cut off and then sent me a message so I called back he picked it hello hello he cut off and sent me a message then when he sent me a message I mean, he said I'm in traffic I'm coming to the house I am Eastwood that night, Isut was in plane going to Europe. That Tuesday, he was flying out and the man is on my way. So these days, you don't say, you know I will come. It's because of you have made this statement. They did that to a certain woman. They called. Honey, I'm coming. But my husband doesn't call me honey. So that was the first suspicion. That was what made her suspicious. So I'm coming. Then she called. He wouldn't pick. Then he would rather send a text. I'm in traffic, so I can't pick it. I can't pick the call. 
They said, but where are you? He said, oh, I'm on my way. He said, where have you reached? I'm on my way. He said, oh, please, just pick the phone and let me hear your voice. He said, I'm in heavy traffic and it's so dangerous here. I cannot. So he put up the thing and said, but I'll be in the house soon. So the woman got the alert and then alerted security men. Lo and behold, two men, they drove to the house. They parked the car. One was sitting inside driving and the other one went out and went to the door of the house and rang. I am at the door. And then the woman came and peeped. When he saw that, he shouted inside, oh, I'm coming. Let me, let me pick the key. I'm coming. And then went and took the phone and called those people. They came and arrested the two of them, thieves. You, these days, establish yourself and know yourselves. We must be established in the church. God established that. Look at what the Bible says. The text we read. Look at what it says. And I, I, I like to read that. He said, be, have, verse 20, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. You must be built on something. You cannot be in a church and you don't know anything about Jesus Christ and the cornerstone and the foundation. Listen, the foundation, let me show you the foundation. In, John, in, in, in uh, Acts chapter 2, the verse 41, it says, Then they that gladly received his word were baptized. And the same day, they were added unto them 3,000 souls. 3,000 church. Adding to them. That's a large church. How, how many people can this building take? About 6,000. It's possible to have a large church. And still take care of everybody. If they had 3,000 plus and they took care of everybody, then it's possible to have a large church and take care of everybody. But that is only possible when everybody is established. Otherwise, one pastor, few pastors, how can they take care of everybody? But we must take care. We must know what is happening to any one of you. So that where we need to come in with prayer, we come with prayer. Where we need to come in with help, we come in with help. Where we need to come in with counseling, we come with counseling. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Are you understanding? Please, in the family, you must be established in the family so that you can benefit from the, from the, from the blessings of the family. Amen. Some of you are looking at me like that as if I'm preaching something strange. He says... 3,000 souls. And look at what he says. And they continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrines, in fellowship, and in breaking bread, and in prayers. They continued steadfastly. And in fact, when you go down, the Bible says, and they continued daily. Now, the only way it is possible for you to be established is to continue in doctrine. The apostles' doctrine. And to continue in fellowship. And to continue in breaking bread. And to continue in prayer. Hello. I know I'm talking to people in Accra. But listen to me. If you want to be established in the church, you must continue in the doctrine. What is the apostles' doctrine? The apostles taught the people that Christ came. He died. He was buried. He resurrected. 
He rose again. And he will come again. That is the apostles' doctrine. Amen. Amen. They had a lot of challenges in that time, but they have to teach everybody to know that. Recently, when we were handling, last two years, we were handling, was it last year? We were handling the, the, the end time events. How many of you were in church? We talked about the end time events. When Christ is about to come, the things that will happen. And I taught you a lot. I'm sure some of you have forgotten that. But those are the doctrines we need to teach. So you cannot be in a church and you are not taught the doctrines. People don't like the doctrines. Today's Christian, he doesn't like doctrines. He doesn't like to be taught the teachings and the tenets of our faith. In fact, it is only in Christianity that we go and buy radio stations and we don't teach our tenets. We teach blessing. Come and you shall be blessed. Come and you shall get double-double. Double-double. We are always talking about double-double. But when you are in the family and you are established, the double is easy to come upon your life. Because you know, you understand. They continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. There are many people who go to church. Ask them some few questions about their faith. They cannot explain. You are not established. The Bible says you should be ready to answer anybody who gives you a question of your faith. What does he say? may be bizarre. Some more Christian man. We say make a copy. Some suffer. When you are born again, in fear say any. You are not established. Amen. It should be normal for every Christian to be able to pick up a few things and explain. Please, you must know the doctrines. So, Amen. I have not gone to Bible school. But... I have self-studied. I have self-studied. <laughs> I have studied what they go and study in the Bible school because I must know the doctrines. I must know it. We have to learn. You have to know. I should be ready to answer. I remember when I started church in Wa. Some Amadis came to Konami. Christmas, they came to Konami. Christmas Day, they came to Konami and said, oh, but they were my cousins. And they said, ah, so you are celebrating Christmas. So Christ was born in December. Then I knew what they were going to say. You know, some people have studied your Bible and they will use it to make your faith foolish. And I said, well, Christ was not born in December. Nobody knows when Christ was born, but he wasn't born in December. December is winter. Shepherds don't lie in, with their sheep in winter. It took them aback. And I said, but Christ was born. So we are celebrating the fact that he was born. And he was trying to question. I said, your father, does he know the day he was born? But don't you celebrate birthday? You yourself, your father, I know he didn't have. Your father said, completely literally, when were you born? But you have a birthday. And they were silent. They moved away. Listen, when you don't know, you cannot answer a slight question of your faith. They want to make sure that everything we do, and there are many cases, they are not established. Who 
who has sold them, what do you know about your faith? How, how, what do you know about your faith? Don't, we are not saying you should be too knowledgeable like the pastor. No, you may not be. But there are basic things you must know. They continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. At least Christ came. You should be able to talk about it. Christ died. You should be able to stand for that. Christ was buried. You should be able to say something about that. Look at the way Paul said. He said, as for me, what I've received is what I give you. The fact that Christ came. He was crucified. First Corinthians chapter 15. Christ came. He was crucified. He died. He was buried. He, he, he resurrected and rose again and ascended into heaven. He said, this is what I've received and that is what I hand over to you. That is the apostles' doctrine. Can you stand and defend that from the Bible? Hello? There is something Pastor Isu has been saying and I agree with him. Say, we go and pay for TV stations only to be arguing and condemning ourselves. The Muslims pay for TV stations and they teach the tenants of their faith. We will go and pay and be dealing with another prophet. Now, Bible prophet be watching in preaching or Bible stadium, radio. It's neither here nor there. Who made you a watchman over the church? Mind your own business. The truth is that if we are teaching our people well, the wrong people won't get them. If you are clapping, clap. But let me tell you, church, when you come to church, let them teach you doctrines. Some of you are sitting here, you don't want doctrines. When they teach you, you put it aside and go and be living your life. When you are now, Pastor Mike was telling me that somebody came to him to ask me a question and said, eh, Why are something? I said, My friend, don't ask this question. He said, We are all in this church. We know the teachings we get in this church. If you hear these teachings and you go out there and you are not living by the teachings and things are happening to you, don't blame the church. Blame yourself. And I, I gave him a high five. I said, that's the correct answer. Lay hands on me and everything will happen. You know this church, we believe in laying of hands. We believe in oil. Nobody lays hands on people more than Pastor Issued. But we also want you to understand that the doctrines is what will establish you. If you don't know it, Hello. Can you be The apostolic teachings. Christ came. He died. He was buried. He rose again. He ascended into heaven. He will come again. He will come. He will come. Today I was, this early morning, I was listening to Jimmy Swaggart. Oh, that man blesses me. He was music, me, me, playing his music on his keyboard in church and rolling himself. Hi! And then he was talking about what? The fact that Christ will come soon. Listen to me. If we believers will take the teaching, some of the things we are doing are unnecessary. Very unnecessary. You, you, are, you, are, you don't believe in what, what makes you a Christian. Otherwise, some of the things you are doing are unnecessary. Unnecessary. 
We behave as if this is where we are going to be forever. We live our lives as if the earth is. It's on cell level, congregational level, and celebrations. There are things we call celebrations. Like, we are going to Bolga for Easter. It's a celebration. We go together. It's fellowship. Or, on the 6th of March, we are coming here. We call it Church Family Day Out. All of us are coming here. Bring all your children. You can even add your dogs. We have place for them to be fed. <laughs> no, we are saying Church Family Day Out. We are all coming here. There will not be chairs like this. There will be a few for our moms and dads whose knees are shaking who can sit small and get up and we will be here and the children will have their place that is celebration it's part of the word fellowship but some of you are going to miss it some of you will miss it no matter what they do you will miss it fellowship but the apostles were in fellowship that's how they were established Listen, when you are in a church, find somebody you can share your problems and your, your, your problems, your difficulties with. Find somebody. So all these people, you, you can't trust anybody. I told you this story before. There's this brother, very nice brother in London. I go to preach for George Siang and he drives me. He's a Kenyan. Very nice, Joe. Oh, I love that guy. He will come to the airport, pick me. He's on time too. The day he doesn't come, the one that comes will be late. I'll come out. But this guy will come early. Wait for me. Pick all my bags. Put inside. When he comes and I come out, he said, Pastor, let me take you to the car to sit down first. Then he'll open I'll sit down. He will load all the bags. No matter how many bags they are. He will load them. Pack them. Drive me. Ask me, Pastor, would you like some breakfast? Should I pass somewhere and buy something for you? I say, oh, we are okay, let's go. He's a good brother. The last time I went to London, I didn't see him. I never saw him in the church. He never came for the program. I asked the pastor, where is Joe? He said, oh, Joe. Joe is having some family problem with his wife. And he, ha he has not been coming to church. We have visited him. We have talked to him. He said, oh, he wants to solve the problem before he comes. Do you know what happened? Finally, I came back to Ghana with Asin Joe. The next time the pastor called me, Joe has committed suicide. The easiest way to die alone is to be alone. Did you understand that language? Satan has a way he can separate you from everybody. No, you see, when people want to commit suicide, don't you notice how they do? They will goodbye you, goodbye everybody, and go alone. That's the way Satan finds a way of killing Christians. The problems were overwhelming. But if Joe had talked to the pastors, Joe would have been alive, I believe. Fellowship yourself out. Some of you keep yourself out and you complain. A complaint won't solve the thing. So you, when you were sick and nobody came, don't you know that it meant that nobody knew you in the church? <laughs> if you had a very close friend, 
and you were even down. Can't you call that close friend and say, look, we have too many to catch your pastor, mommy. We will be there quickly. No, this church, we are good at that. We will be there quickly. And whatever we have to do, we will do it for you. But when we don't know, and you do are there, you won't tell anybody. And you are hiding. You have no friend. How do you expect the pastor to know me? And now you people know. Some of you who want me to be running to your house every day, how old are you? No, maybe so. Because somebody said we didn't come to yourself. How old are you? Into me? 64 years. I have taken care of you. I will be doing it. I will get somebody to come to you. So some of the places, some of you want me, the pastor to come, me, Pastor Clement to come. Even Pastor Connie. I have stopped sending him for some of those things. I have younger pastors I can send. Because we are many. Hello? If you are established, you can be taken care of. Establish yourself by fellowship. In breaking of bread. Communion. Why we do communion? It's not a show. It's to bring us together. The Bible calls it the breaking of the body of Christ. So we come here, we do that. Are you, are you understanding me? And when we are sharing communion, it's a joint thing. We do that to, to bond us. Jesus said that is the only ordinary. He says, the only ordinary. He said, do that as often as you can do. We do it once a month. But if you do it well, let people come and get bonded. From today, can I tell you something? Those of you who want to go home early by the bus, let me announce you, the bus is our bus. Eh? As long as people are sitting here, the bus will not close. Did you hear that? What I'm saying is that you wait. Even if you alone, you are here up to three, the bus will wait for you. On, on Pentium, we took a driver for that. He knows that's his work. So don't be in a hurry to go. And some of you run up to go and collect your children when they have no clothes. It's wrong. Don't do that. Say fellowship. Come on, say fellowship. Look for somebody and greet the person. Look for somebody and say hi. Look for somebody and say, I haven't seen you for some time. That is how we are established. And we are also established in prayer. In prayer. Prayer. Prayer sometimes with fasting. We are established in prayer. We pray together. We pray individually for ourselves. Listen. When you learn to pray for the church and members of the church, you will be established in the church. Some of you are lost because you don't pray for the church. You don't pray for anybody. You pray for yourself. Amen. Pray for the church. Pray for individuals. Pray for somebody. You will notice that when you are praying for people, your heart will go towards them. You will look for them. You will be with them. Prayer. When we pray together, we get established. Can I hear you say amen? The purpose of the family is the last thing. He said, in whom the whole building being fitted together grows into a body, a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are being built together for the dwelling place of God. Behold, how good and how pleasant is this for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is good for brethren to dwell together in unity. When we are together as a family, any blessing flows from up onto all of us. There is no way he will be blessed 
and his children will not be blessed. These two people. When they are blessed, their children will be blessed. If their children are in the house and they are good children, they will be blessed. But if their children are not part of the house, when those kind of unquadabonina or muntinavim, they will not be blessed. That there is no way a house can be blessed, and the members that are together are not be blessed. So the Bible said, "Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity." Look at the verse three. It says, "It is for there the Lord commands His blessing, even life forevermore." The purpose of the family is so that we can come together for the blessings of the Lord upon our lives. Number two, so that we can worship God together. Three, so that we can be prepared for the ultimate waiting of our Father to come and take us to heaven. This place is not our home. We are living here. How long will you live on earth? How long? Praise the Lord. Nobody will live here forever. You too crying. We are on our way. But may you be a strong member of a church. For those of you who are visiting us, I know you have churches you attend. Please take these principles and ensure that you are a good church member. Make sure that your name is not only in the church register, but it is in the Lamb's Book of Life. And make sure you are established in the church. Don't be one of those people who just join the church. And then they leave. There is one major thing we need to know in this family. We need to know something about how we can individually live by faith. And so on Wednesday, Pastor Kwanu will be teaching us on living by faith. For the just shall live by his faith. And I don't want you to miss that. One of the major ingredients in the family is faith. It's faith. Say faith. So we'll be picking on that. And I believe it will be a blessing. And next, next week, I will come back and teach you and build on this and show you another thing. Are you blessed? Are you blessed? Let's, let's appreciate God by putting our hands together. Can we stand on our feet? Yeah, why am I mean?